Good morning, everyone. This is Amy Wenslow. I'm getting us set up right now. One second. There we go. We've got our Q&A going. And wow, I see we've got people jumping in already. I'm going to open up the phone lines for a second so you can all start saying hello. Hi there. Who's on the line wants to say a quick hi? Hi, Amy. Mike here. Hey. Hi, Mike. I thought that might be you. Who else is here today? Hey, Amy, it's Glide Guy. Hey, hi, Stephen. How you doing today? Oh, hanging in there. Okay, well, let's we'll we'll give you a boost of energy today. How's that? That I could use a little. <laughs> I I'm hearing it in your voice, and I think we've got Dale on the line too. Yep, I'm here. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I'm going to mute lines for everybody's privacy. I see we've got more people popping in. I love seeing that. So for everyone who hasn't listened before, I'm Amy Wenslow. I host this product business show um, live version every two weeks on Mondays. And then we have a podcast where we are doing daily episodes with daily input and thoughts, inspirations, insights, and tactics for product businesses. So you can catch the podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts, from Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it, we're on the platform. So just look for the Product Business Show and you'll find it. With that, everyone, I want to just give a little bit of a background here. My experience is as a product developer and in sales and marketing for consumer products for the U.S. And I am not an attorney, so if you stray into asking a question that is more legal, I'll tell you that you need to consult your attorney, and here's how it plays out in the real world of products. Today we're going to talk a little bit about how do you build story in your product and business, and how that serves you and bringing your customers along with it, and then I'll open up the the line for questions too. Story is probably one of the most misunderstood elements and underutilized elements in businesses because many of us, when we're in a small business and we're growing it, think that um, that's not necessarily the sexiest story to tell or that we don't know how to tell it or how to bring people into it or why would we. So I want to illuminate a couple of things here at the beginning. Number one, think about the best movie you've ever seen, right? And there is a storyline that goes through a movie. It's very interesting. There's an idea called The Hero's Two Journeys. And there's two paths going on in any given movie. And all movies follow the same approximate timeline. It's usually about 10% of the way into the movie that the journey starts, really. Like the first 10% is sort of the backstory, And then something happens around 10% in, and the hero or heroine has to leave and go accomplish something. And you can see this in every movie from Cars to Lord of the Rings to Braveheart, um, Gone with the Wind. It doesn't matter the genre. It's all about the same timing for this. 
and we recently tested it because we watched some new movies and I sat and I literally would pause the movie at 10% in and make a note about what was happening. And it was fascinating to me to see the, the formula play out. And so I invite you to do that. Look for about 10% into your favorite movie and you'll find it. So the bringing a person in your audience called a customer or a prospect or someone who's considering buying your product, the backstory of the product whenever you're talking in a video, if you are going to include backstory, um, there ne about 10% of the way in there needs to be a thing that happens that's an action point. But there's two paths, right? Remember I said heroes two journeys. And this is from screenplay writing as well. There's the actual what's happening, right? The where they're going, the what they're doing, the next step in their business, all of those pieces. And then there's the personal transformation that happens. And that's usually not completely revealed until like maybe the last 5% of the movie, right? And so there's the transformation, and if you don't include something like that when you're talking about your business or your product's journey, then it's an incomplete story point. And people will not be as satisfied with the process that you put them through, okay? So I know I'm talking very quickly, and I want to make sure that this is sinking in. So. You have to think about it like there's timing, right? And it's about percentages. And each video that you do or marketing piece that you put out has its own trajectory and has its own path. So before I go any further, I want to talk about the types of story that work really well related to products. There are explainer videos. That's part of a story, right? The best explainer videos don't just talk about the feature of a product. They talk about the benefit. They talk about it from the perspective of the customer. Even if you look at some of the ones that are animated clips, right, it's like little cartoons, and they're saying, well, here's Joe, and Joe was trying to so hard to solve the XYZ problem, right? Well, that's backstory on what the problem is in an explainer. And then you go, and then Joe had this thing happen, and he discovered this, and he did that, right? That's a really short explainer video kind of track. Could be done in as little as about 90 seconds and be done well. If you are going to do something that's – so here, let me go back to types of stories. The types of stories that help businesses with products are anything that's behind the scenes, like – if you can show it being made in a factory or how it's getting um, packaged or the quality control process. Some of those are really great. Those are all behind the scenes. Um, startup, how did you start it? Why did you start it? What were the struggles and challenges that you faced? Those are great. And I'll, oh, we need to, I'm gonna make a note. I'm going to go over why people don't use story, okay, because it's important to know this. So the personal story of you as a creator 
can be important. Make sure that you're being very succinct here. It can be a little unnerving to be public about whatever your story is. It can be something you have to get used to. Not all of us are born to do video work, right? Like, I'm loving podcasts. Total transparency right here. I like podcasts because I can do them very quickly. I can do them with um, minimal technology. It's very on the fly, and I can be wherever I need to be and be doing it, and I don't have to think about how it's going to look on a video. Uh, Did I do my hair? Is my makeup right? All of those pieces are eliminated when you do a podcast. So for me, podcast is is a good format because it allows me so much flexibility. So when you are considering the type of story, you also are considering how the story gets delivered. When it comes to your personal story, be succinct about it and make sure that you include the really relevant pieces, right? And that there is something that caused you to have an aha moment. It's really important that something caused you to make what you're making, okay? I just spoke with uh, someone about their product, and it's a personal safety item for women, and phenomenal. And his passion and energy just came through the phone line so, so clearly. And that type of passion comes from the story and the purpose behind it. So those are story points. When you are... Um, starting up and you're going to do like a Kickstarter video, right? You're going to be looking at maybe an explainer video, but it's got to have some energy in it. And the energy that you put in, the energy that comes through the, the videos or the phone line or the whatever you're doing, the energy in your story doesn't have to always be intense and rah-rah and like, hey, we're going to change the world. No, sometimes it's actually every time it's better if there's a modulation, right? You can't be really fast-paced talking all the time when you're doing a story because that's the pace of excitement, right? And that's not consistent with the message of everything. So even that strategic pause right there is to let the idea sink in. So I need to give your brain a moment to absorb things, okay? And that is part of bringing your customer along in the story. So let's talk for a sec about why why people don't use story. Sometimes I have hesitated to use my story because I think it's – not the right one, or it's too personal, or, um, you know, people won't identify with it, or somehow it's, you know, I'm not, quote, good enough, or something like that in the story, or, oh, if I had known better, then I wouldn't have done the thing, right? Like, some of you have heard me tell the story about um, mistakes that I made in the business, right? I brought in First off, I waited too long to bring in a bookkeeper, and I did that from, uh, oh, I don't have the money, Um, I can learn to do it myself, all of those pieces. And then I had this aha that says, oh, my gosh, this thing is never getting done. It's extremely stressful. And I had this aha around, I just need to hire somebody 
and then, you know, kind of the path of that. So that's a story that actually was really uncomfortable for me to admit when I first started sharing it because I felt like I was so, like there was so much judgment in my head about that, right? I felt uh, silly. I felt stupid. Um, I felt like, why can't I get it together? And, oh, my gosh, what are people going to think when I say that I made this massive mistake called not bringing in team? And all that stuff was going on in my head, right? The same thing happens with your stories. I can guarantee it that there's a reason either you don't see that the story is important or interesting or there's something connected to it about self-judgment is a big piece of why people don't share the story or not knowing how to share things in a way that shows the whole trajectory and the path and the transformation. So those are some of the hiccups in, in telling the story and sharing them. But here's what's happened over and over and over. Think about your favorite movie again. When the hero has a vulnerability, you know, kind of like Clark Kent with his kryptonite, when there's a vulnerability, the vulnerability makes it approachable. If I were to just talk only about successes and not ever mention mistakes that I made um, or lessons that I had to learn, as I like to call them, then then I don't come across as human, right? It's it's like hard to relate to to someone who's a finished product when you don't know the path they're on. The path is the story, okay? So you want to share it in a way that gives people access and is relatable and hits universal pieces. And depending on the story that you're picking, whether it's a behind-the-scenes or a startup or personal or purpose, you want to actually marry the purpose of the story to what it is you're causing with your people, okay? Um, so bringing customers along on a journey with you is very, very engaging. And um, if you um, if you ever see um, a behind-the-scenes video of someone getting ready to speak on stage, well, it's really exciting to see them in the green room and they're, you know, walking down the hall and they're getting this. Like, that's exciting, right? It's, it's interesting. You have the opportunity with your product to do the same thing um, it, when you show a visit to a factory, working with your engineer, taking photos of, you know, early sketches or something like that. Those are all story points that are different than what a lot of people ever see. So I'd invite you to kind of think about how you can include those things into your stories. And then the language of the story is also an important element. You want to look for powerful words. How can you create good word pictures? And if it's just voiceover with a matching video, then your words are still super important. Okay? They're, they're actually critical because you'll have a certain percentage of your audience that takes in information through their ears and others that'll do through the visuals, okay? So those pieces are important to pay attention to with your story. So um, we have seen it where the most successful campaigns and, and Kickstarter campaigns in particular are the ones that have kind of some updates, right? So 
when you're doing a Kickstarter, you put up your campaign, for anybody who hasn't done one, you put up the campaign, you have reward levels, there's usually a video connected with it, there's a, here are the milestones, here's what we think we're going to accomplish by this date, and all these pieces, right? But the ones that do the best are ones that have continual updates, you know, once a week or so from the campaign creator saying, hey, we're really excited, we just saw the prototype, oh, you know, well, we had to do this little extra thing with the prototype, or, oh, then we did this thing, and then we did that, because it brings people that are your backers along on the journey, and it keeps everything fresh, right? And they're kind of getting the inside look of what it is that you're you're doing, right? And people like that, and they like to support it, and so... You know, we're pretty transparent at this point, like what we're doing with the podcast. And we have a, a speaking event that's coming up that a few of you know about um, that we're starting to craft. And and so we'll be saying more about that and bringing you along on it. But suffice it to say that when you bring people with you, you give them time to catch on to your energy, your momentum, and your direction. Okay? When you launch a product and you just – are real quiet, you don't have a pool of people that are following you, that are that the energy is kind of starting to swirl in, the, in that pond, you know. When you don't have that and then you just go launch your thing, it's hard for people to catch on, right? But if you've been uh, seeding it out there and, you know, talking a little bit about it and, uh, you know, some of the process, then you launch it and people go like, that's cool, right? So... It is definitely strategic. So I want to open up the phone lines for some questions before we go too much farther here. And if you're on the webcast, you can type a question in the Q&A, and I'll see it over there. Um, so let me just check that. And if you're on the phone lines, um, press star 2 to raise your hand, and uh, that will let me know that you have a question. So feel free to ask about anything you'd like. Um, if you have something story-related or how do you do your story or when should you, that's another one. Uh, sometimes people will be wondering, is it too early to start the process? And what would I possibly say that would be interesting to people? Um, and sometimes there's something around how do you craft the story that is right for your market, right? Like how do you fit those two things? Like your product is something that maybe people – around you might not be interested in or know about how do you get them engaged. So we can certainly talk about that. Okay. Okay, phone lines, press star 2 to raise your hand. Um, we have a Q&A from online. Okay. That's a great point. How do I get people interested in the story of my product if they're not in my market? Well, there's a couple of different story points that you have all the time. It's not just your product. So I'm just going to write a quick list. Some of the, the story points can be you as the creator, right? Like I talked about, that's a type. It could be the purpose of the, of the product. There's a story to that. Or even a story about, for example, say you're working on something that has a handle and it's got a a stainless steel bent blade. Um, 
there's a reason that the angle of that blade is what it is. There's a reason it's the kind of material it is. There's a reason that there's angles, right? You could do something really fun that's like, hey, you know, we tried every angle we possibly could think of, even, you know, the upside-down ones, and, you know, and here's what happened all along the way. Every time we did one of those, oh, this one, you know, that thing happened, and then we, then we tried this, and that thing happened, and then we tried this, and that thing happened, and when we got to this one, we knew it was the right one, right? That's kind of the Goldilocks and the Three Bears type of story, Right, where something went wrong, something went wrong, something went wrong. Ah, perfection. Um, so there's stories like that. So in getting your story to fit your audience, to get them interested in this um, short attention span age that we're in, you have to hook at the beginning. Okay? You, there has to be a reason. It can't drag at the beginning. I saw a Kickstarter video the other day that it was like 30 or 40 seconds in before you saw people using anything with the product, right? It was like product shot after product shot after product shot. And I'm like, I don't even know if I care about your product. I don't know how to use it. And you you've probably have seen videos like that. And when you look at the analytics of a video like that, they are getting massive drop-off in the views in the first five to ten seconds. It's like it tanks, okay? So you want to keep your story point. You want to have something intriguing happening like in the first few seconds. Um, and then you're going to morph it into the a little bit of a backstory, like we talked about, about 10% of the story will be backstory. And then there's got to be something that happens that causes a thing. And then there's got to be the, the two journeys there's the actual journey, and then there's the transformation. Okay, so those two things will get people engaged in your story, sometimes even when they're not in the market for your product, um, because sometimes they'll get engaged with you and your journey. I hope that, that helps um, you understand. So there you go, Mike. Um, okay, so on the phone lines, we have oh another Mike. Um, Hi, Mike. What's your question today? Hi, Amy. <clears throat> Hi. How are you? I'm good. Did you uh, did you recognize my example of a bent metal blade? <laughs> yeah, I did. And actually, I'm at the I'm at the point right now where I am uh, reconsidering uh, the entire construction uh, just right. for cost purpose and and reproducibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I just can't believe that everything I've been through up until this point has only been 10%. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, you're on the you journey hope? part. You're... Oh, oh, geez, you're killing me here. Um, but I, I guess I, I've, I've been writing the story as I've gone along this journey, and, and when do I start documenting it? And, and how do I put it together, and who do I spring it on? <laughs> That's, those are great questions, and I love that you've been documenting it, right? Because that sometimes that's, like, we forget everything we went through, right? Um, so it's important to kind of jot things as you go, if you can. Or, in my case, sometimes I do podcast episodes about them. <laughs> and I go, okay, here's what's next. Um, so... How do you document it? How do you do it? Um, 
the how is less important than being consistent about it because um, for years I didn't do much video, um, you know, way, way back when it was a lot harder to do video. It was much more expensive. So we don't have a whole lot of video from them. But what we do have is still photos. We have images from different events. We have, you know, different um, different assets like that. So you can take those and put them into a video creation software, and it'll string them together into a slideshow or something like that. So the how you do it um, depends on your personality. You know, do you like being on video? Uh, I can I can take it or leave it. <laughs> okay. So um, sometimes it's that you do, um, like we're doing a project right now where we're putting together a montage of different images and there'll be voiceover with it. Um, so that's one way to do it, right? And right. you want to think about what makes the story, here's, here's how you, the framework works, okay? So if you know you're going to do like a three-minute video or a three-minute story or you're going to speak on stage for ten minutes, then you want to have three main points at the most in ten minutes, and you want to have stories that go with each of the points. If you're doing a three-minute video, which is probably more where you're where you are right now, right? You're right. going to think about maybe ten to fifteen seconds of that is a little bit of backstory. But you got to come in when it's like, okay, so if for everybody, I happen to know Mike's project really well. So you might have um, a yard that is look that looks beautiful and one that is like totally destroyed in the way that your product solves, right? Right. We'll just say it that way. I'm trying not to give away things. Um, so you might have those two shots, and they can tell your backstory a little bit of what the product is. And then you could go, as a you know professional who deals with this all the time, what we see is that blah blah blah, right? And there you go. There's your backstory. It's your story can get really short when you when you do it well. And you want to always think about you have pictures or images, and you have words if you're doing video. If you're doing voice like this is, right, I don't have pictures for you right now to communicate things, right. right? I only have my voice and the words that I choose. So you can hear when my voice slows down that I'm thinking more, that it's a little more thoughtful, a little more considered, right? So there's a lot of, that I can put into my voice, you know, and, and if I do vocal variety and I go, like, okay, you know what, it's, this is really amazing because it's going to help you do this, and then, like, you can feel it. It's different. That's part of telling the story. Okay? So your, okay. the journey, the journey, and when do you, when do you start to leak it out? Sooner than you would think. And you go, you know what, hey, I'm working on this really cool thing. And you can put that in Facebook posts, Instagram. For you, I would do some Instagram for sure. 
because yours, your project is so visual. Yeah. Um, I would start running an Instagram feed that talks about how to be a pet owner and still love your yard. <laughs> you know, like something like that. <clears throat> it doesn't have to show your product before you're ready to show it. But you can be uh, putting cute puppy photos in there. You can be putting, you know, all different kinds of pet pet photos, gardening tips, all of that. Okay. And that starts to tell the story, right? And you can go, hey, you know, when we work at big apartment buildings, here's some of the here's some of the problems that we've encountered. Right. Because right? it okay. starts to build a platform for you as a professional. All right. I have uh, been talking with the manufacturer as of late, mm -hmm. and I've been giving my story and why I'm doing it, and what I'm doing it, what it's for. So I guess I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of on the, on the path to that already. I just have to refine it a little more as as I talk to more people. Mhm. Mm and there is a test process. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, I uh, frankly. All of these product business shows that I've been doing for, like, years have been me testing how I say things, getting comfortable, like, testing a new thing and a new story piece and a new a topic and all of that. This is a gigantic test all the time to see what resonates because people change and, and our culture changes. So there is a, a, a process of testing the message point right, of what okay. works with people. That's why I'm encouraging you to start um, some Instagram posting where you can test what gets the comments, right, what gets people's attention, what what's working and what doesn't. Like you could do a Facebook Live or an Instagram story when you're on one of your job sites, right, that uh -huh. um, – talks about the problem. Doesn't have to mention the product because, you know, you might not want to do that yet. But you can start talking about the doesn't it annoy you when or, hey, you know, like this is every surface. And so you want to kind of look for those story points. And if you start posting some in social media about it, you'll see what, what people resonate with and how they talk about the problem. Is that cool? So, yeah. So this is all uh, a process of priming the audience about your product mm -hmm. before you actually even show it to anybody. So that when you do, it's like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, this would work. Oh, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, and it's also building the, the pool of people that have the problem that you want to solve. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, because if you yeah. notice that, hey, you know, gardeners really like posts about this, and then there's also this subgroup that does that, it, it starts to tell you how to talk to the different people about what you're doing. And it's you can test your message, right, with different sentences. Um, and that's part of stringing a story together sometimes. Um, so your story isn't told one-dimensionally. It's told in everything from Facebook posts 
Facebook videos, press releases, you know, your packaging, the trade show banner, all those things have story points to them. And matter of fact, speaking of your packaging, I'm writing your inventor statement for you today. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> as part as part of the the element we're working on right now. Right, right. So yeah. So there's there's story to it because that's what enrolls people. We've seen it where when we add um, an inventor statement, it brings life and humanity to the project. Rather than it being a cold clinical thing from a company, it's right. corporate trustability and then there's human. Okay. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to start dropping pieces of text. So the way for – this is a great question, Mike, and I know we've got another question from Dale, but um, here's how you start, okay? You write down, kind of do a little mind map because I know you're visual. So for everybody who's yes. visual, if you were to take a sheet of paper, just an 8.5 by 11, and you put your project in the center of it, right? Just write your project and then have like spokes of the wheel of all the things that led you to doing this project, right? Like here's some of the frustrations from your business world. Oh, you know, you're a, a dog lover. Oh, like all these different pieces, right? Like you like, I happen to know you, so I know you like being able to have people over or to hang out at that beautiful picnic table that you did, right? And <laughs> Enjoy the space that you're sitting in. Right? Yes. yes. So, so that's part of the likes to have people over and, and and enjoy the space and feel good about it, right? Pride of ownership of your home is part of why what this thing gives, right? So you write down all those spokes and then you go, well, okay, how did I arrive at that? thing was important to me or what stories do I have related that demonstrate those pieces, right? Like, the, the, I would personally, <laughs> if I were in your shoes, I'd be dropping my picnic table pictures over in Instagram. Yeah. And I go, you know what, we love having people over sitting around the table and we want to enjoy our space, so I'm creating something new that'll really help you with that, too. Oh, well, I never thought of it that way, yeah. See what I mean? Like there's all these pieces that you don't even know that you have. It happens all the yeah. time. So, so you know, because Pinterest is so visual, I dropped some of those photos in there. Like, hey, you know, here's, here's the beautiful new flower bed. And you know what? I certainly don't want my dog ripping that up. We've yeah, got a exactly, question coming right. for you soon. Cool. You hear it? All right. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Thanks. You're so creative. I know that'll get your wheels turning, right? Yeah, I just have to add it to the list of other stuff that I'm doing right now, but yeah. <laughs> well, I like Instagram for you because it can be done from your phone and it can be fast. Like once you get comfortable with it, it can there's some yeah. fast things to do. Would it help would it help everybody? Okay. I'll ask this when I have the lines open, but Mike, I want to know from you, would it help you if I recorded a podcast specifically about how to use Instagram for products? 
Oh yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, I'm like I said, I, I just I just started getting the hang of Facebook, and I I don't really have the hang of it yet, anyways. But I'm I'm getting there. But yeah, uh-huh. Instagram would be would be great. Uh, something on, okay. along those lines. Yeah, I'll. I'm looking for some new podcast episodes and topics, so I'll do something with Instagram for you, okay? Beautiful. Thank cool. you so much. You're welcome. I'm going to put you on mute for your privacy. And so let's see, the next one. Dale, did you have a question or comment for today? Sorry, Dale. Sorry, Dale. I had your... Your your mic was still on mute. Sorry about that. Oh, oh, you missed the best part. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. In doing uh, a video presentation, I mean, knowing my product, the story behind it is it's kind of it's interesting. Which I think is interesting. But um, I think what we have to do is what I have to do, and I'm thinking out loud here, is that you have to tailor it what you're you're saying for the audience and not necessarily for what you believe is um, good. So the question I have is, how do I find out or how do I look and see what is important to people who are buying the stuff versus what I think is important and things that they need to know, you know, what my product does and what it can do for them without boring them to mm-hmm. death. That's a so, great I mean, like, question. Example, I, have a of, I have a couple examples um, that I, I'll write up and, and show you sometime, you know, show you the ideas and you can work on for the two different products I'm working with. But it's, um, I mean, that, that's really the case. The case is you have to make it interesting, I guess. But you have to get them on a hook and find out what's interesting to the buyer versus what's interesting to the seller. Yeah, and there's a couple points in there that are really relevant. So, yes, it's about what's interesting to the buyer when you are trying to use your story to sell the product, right? So there's two sides to that, though, Dale. Number one, um, you can try and figure out what's important to your core consumers, right, which is really important, right, that it's the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle will apply, that – you know, 20% of your sales is going to come, uh, sorry, 80% of your sales are going to come from 20% of your audience. So uh, knowing what they resonate with is really helpful, right? But at the beginning, you don't always, you just can't, right? So the the thing that I was mentioning to Mike about testing story points in Instagram, testing, hey, what makes sense, Te- like that process of testing the message, is really important and doesn't have to take a long time. It doesn't have to be super duper expensive, but it is important. The other piece is that the stories that you tell will create audience for you, right, that resonate with the story that's being told. So you can work it from two sides. So you can go, okay, well, what do people need to know is not always the thing that they're going to want to know. Sort of like everybody needs to eat broccoli, but a lot of people don't want to. I have a nutritionist friend of mine. She talks about what she does in making vegetables. Um, Appetizing is, she's like, it's sort of like I look at 
chocolate-covered broccoli, but she doesn't actually do it. But she's like, how do I put the thing that people want on the outside of what they need, right? How do I make it appetizing for what they need? It's the same thing with your story. How do you make it uh, intriguing and compelling and deliver the message? So for yours, if you were trying to sell to – give me one of the people you're trying to sell to. Let's pick an example. Um, well, you know, take me question, Kim. We were talking about you know, zippers on boots. Okay. So zippers on boots. Um, one of the frustrations about zippers on boots when they jam is they make you late for things. You have to throw them away. You know, we were talking about that. So the story points about why did you create this and why does it work so well for zippers on boots. Um, you know, I think it's kind of cool that the say that the that your level of brain power for everybody who's listening, Dale is in our mastermind group, and I know his some of his background. He's got a very long background and really high level um, chemical engineering kinds of things. So I think it's awesome that the level of expertise you bring to it is going to fix my boots, right? Like. There's kind of a how do you take something from that level down to it fixes my boots. It's kind of cool. You know, like, oh, it works on electronics, but it works on, my, you know, or whatever, right? So I think that's really interesting. Um, not just about, hey, it fixes your boots, but it's like the same technology that does this also does that. Yep, that makes sense. I, I don't want to give away what you're doing and the exact information sure. of it, but but you have like that's really intriguing, like the sciencey minded kind of thing, right? And it fixes your boots. It's like, huh? How's that happen? It's a curiosity creator. So there's other um, points where yes, you need to tailor it to your audience, but. Yep. So, so what else does the same product do? Just so you disclose what you want. Fixes zippers on boots, and what else? Well, the basic product itself does a lot of different things. You know, you use it for lubricating dentist drills. It actually becomes a gum lubricant. It uh, forms the basis of, um, well, zippers, all types of zippers from equipment to uh, dresses to tents, anything that has a zipper, the basic product will work on it. So there's right. a wide variety so, of things to use it with. Yeah, so there's this um, pitch that I saw a couple years ago um, of this technology, and it was so cool. You know, I was in this room, and there were – there were about 10 products being pitched for this big grant that was going on. And this is completely relevant to what we're talking about. So I'm listening to this pitch, and it's a Ph.D. team uh, from UCLA, and they're pitching this really cool product that does this really awesome stuff for diesel engines and extends the, um, the fuel efficiency of them. It's low-temperature plasma ignition system for f diesel engines. And... So they go on into this and they 
they finish their pitch, and right at the end of the pitch, they say, and it makes wine taste great, too. Like, it was like this, what? In that case, the disparity, the contrast that we're talking about didn't work in their favor because we were all like, okay, now we don't believe you because it sounds like hocus pocus. But in your case, the fact that it's a lubricant that works on dentist drills, right, is kind of interesting. It's an interesting contrast between zippers and dentist drills. Like I wouldn't have thought that the same thing would work on both. So if it can work on a dentist drill that gets to X temperature and has that much torque and wear and tear on it and is under so much use, it can probably fix my zipper. Do you know what I mean? Like that contrast is sort of like, wow, it can do that, then it can probably fix my zipper. Yeah, I understand that most people don't even think of the dentist drills do wear and tear, but they, they get a lot. But um, that, that's a that's a good thing. That's a good thing to keep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's and there's some of the backstory of like your stellar background, you know, and now it fixes my boots, and I don't have to get rid of my boots. Mm-hmm. I don't have to get rid of yeah. my tent or my sleeping bag or my ski jacket or my whatever, right? The other story point for you is about ecology and things going into landfills and, you know, that you don't have to throw away boots just because the zipper got stuck. Or you don't have to take them to the shoe repair guy because the zipper got stuck. Right. Right. You know, that's uh, trying to keep things going, keeping things functional as as long as you can. Yeah. That's good. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much for bringing that up. I really appreciate it. And, um... Our next mastermind call is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I will talk with you then. Okay? Yeah, I'll be thinking about it. Okay. Okay. That awesome. I'm okay. I'm going to mute your line for your privacy. Last call for questions before we wrap up here. If you on the phone lines and you have one last question, you can press star two to raise your hand. Let me check our Q and A. Awesome. Okay. Last question was. Oh, it's more a comment. Um, thank you so much for the podcast episodes. They've been great. Uh, I left you a comment there. Oh, thank you so much. The podcast is um, fairly new for us. It is going bonkers. We've been picking up new listeners literally every time I look, I seem like we have new listeners and we're getting some uh, really, really interesting comments and feedback going over there. If there is a comment or a topic that you want me to cover on the podcast, we will announce over on the next podcast episode what phone number you can leave that on. We're adding that. um, So you'll be able to leave questions between podcasts even, and I'll answer them on the podcast. We'll do something on the podcast for Instagram for products, and it will probably also include Facebook for products. There is a session over there already about Facebook and Facebook ad campaigns. There have, I did one on the Nike controversy and similarities to the Coca-Cola event from 1985. So you can go listen to the podcast any place that you listen to podcasts, which includes Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn, oh gosh, uh, Spreaker, 
you name it, it's over there. So look for the product business show there. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the live show. And with that, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your week. Mike, sorry, Steve, Steve Vorpal, um, there is a podcast episode that would really speak to your heart right now, I think. I think it's number 44 called A Blessing for Whatever Moment You're In. I'd really encourage you to go listen to that. I really want everyone to know how much we see you, we feel you, we get your energy, and thank you so much for adding to the world that we're all inhabiting together. With that, everyone, blessings, and we'll talk with you next time. Bye for now.